What does ET contact look like? Is there a prototype for these otherworldly encounters, or might they be coming in through a variety of channels? Today's guests are audience members of Higher Journeys, who reached out to me to express an interest in being on the show to share their unique and very different contact experiences. Stephanie from Kansas City, Missouri, describes her encounters as coming through the creative channel and something called process painting. While Jason from New York City says his multiple manifestations of orb-like phenomena happen almost on a daily basis and are triggered through intense meditation. Two very different accounts, but seemingly one fundamental reality, and that is, we are connecting with a broader spectrum of intelligent life. Well, Jason and Stephanie... I am so incredibly excited to have you both on today to discuss your experiences. And we've got some, we've been talking offline and you've got some plenty of stuff to share. So I thought it was time we hit the record button and get into it. You know, I I, want to say that although you both are about to explain to our audience what might be considered very different in their descriptions, after getting some background on each of your experiences, I certainly have no doubt that we're moving ever closer to an expanded spectrum of human experience. And I would say both of you are a testament to that. I'm so so delighted to have you here. So thank you. Thanks both of you for joining us. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. And and just for the record, Stephanie is uh, coming to us today from Kansas City, Missouri. I said to her, that's where my kitty came from, Kansas City, Missouri. My little, my, my famous clover paws, the famous reincarnated clover paws. <laughs> that's a whole other story entirely. And Jason is coming from the Big Apple in New York City, right? Are you right in the city? Yeah. Are you right in the city? Art of Lower Manhattan. Love yeah. it. All right. That's, we'll, have, we'll have some offline on that, too, because my, my husband's actually from uh, Queens, and oh, okay. uh, is a city dweller. So great. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Stephanie, let, let's get right into this because uh, folks uh, to our audiences, you uh, may surmise we have had some pretty stimulating discussion offline um, about, you know, the, the scope of these two individuals experience. I'm so, again, delighted that they have been courageous enough to come forward and, and, and speak to you. Um, so I, I want to begin at the beginning. Let's, I'm going to start with Stephanie. I want to begin with you. If you could, for our audience, Stephanie, give us a brief summary of your experiences, plural, because I have a feeling there are a lot of them, but something known that I have just come to know as process painting and how this all began for you. And then then I'd like you to tell us why you think this may, and I'm going to underscore may, be linked to some sort of non-human intelligence. Okay. Um Well, I'll start from the beginning, which is I began process painting about 20 years ago. And just um, briefly, process painting is painting from the inside out, so you're not told what to paint or how to paint. Um, And it's really connecting more of into the heart space instead of up in the head. And so um, really what began happening about six years ago, the more I started my the more I began my creative practice and was was really getting into it more and more, um, the more this stuff started happening. And basically, the paintings in, that started, not all of them, but a lot of the paintings that started to happen were of, well, um, the only way I can explain it is like otherworldly things. Um, 
just uh, large, thin women or maybe androgynous beings with elongated heads, um, long fingers, lots of light orbs, I believe, involved. And um, no, if I may ask you, I'm sorry yeah. to interject, but I just want, I want us to be clear. When you yes. say these sort of androgynous beings and orbs, are these images that were coming to you prior to the process painting? No, no. Or through that, it. That is what's weird. And so the process painting, so I painted, I process painted for a long time before this, but it was when I shifted um, and ended up doing more and more and really poured myself into it that, that this started happening. And, and I didn't, and the thing about process painting is you don't have, you generally don't have an idea of what's going to come because you're really just working in the present moment. And so as you work in the present moment and just really work with that heart space, your body and how you want to move, things just start to happen. And, um, this is what has been coming out. So this has been happening for roughly 20 years for you is what you're saying. Um, the yeah. actual, the, the, the odder stuff, I won't say odd, but the, the things that are unusual to me, the experiences that has been more of lately of probably six to 10 years. Oh, interesting. Yes. Very interesting. So mm -hmm. let me, uh, you know, just so the audience knows, uh, depending on where you're accessing the show, whether on uh, YouTube or directly from Higher Journeys, we will in fact have some images. Stephanie's been kind enough to share some of her beautiful process paintings with us. So I'm going to let y'all be the, the, not the judge, but have a look and, and this will bring some uh, texture, I think, to what Stephanie's describing here when you see these paintings, because they're definitely otherworldly. But let me ask you this, Stephanie. So you're saying that you were process painting for quite some time, but these more sort of esoteric-y, uh, sort of otherworldly, I guess is the, the appropriate word to use, images did not come through until more recently. How much did the style vary from the more uh, otherworldly to prior to that? Was it totally different? Um, I wouldn't say totally different, but it... Um it's definitely narrowed as far as what, like, I don't believe that I, that in the early days I painted orbs um, or star fields nearly as much, if at all, <laughs> as I do now. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the third eye stuff has come in now. And uh, it's, it, yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Jason. Let me let me introduce Jason to the audience. You say hi, Jason. <laughs> hi, hi, hello, uh, world. <laughs> <laughs> I have been having a ball talking to both of them. And Jason, you and I spoke offline um, a couple days ago for to get acquainted and had a great conversation. And I I uh, had Jason take a look at some of these uh, incredible images. And I want you to weigh in, if you will. This is a three-way conversation. I want you to, based on what you've seen, and then we're going to get into your experiences, what are you seeing in Stephanie's images? Um, I see amazing depictions of bodies, uh, uh, beings that can be seen as like human, but at the same time, she has very uh, stretched out and elongated sections that seem to be... Uh, maybe part of her creative process and in that case maybe she's tapping into something that's coming through her in her subconscious mind um she's referencing a lot in what i noticed in the third eye 
mm-hmm. uh, which resonates a lot with me because of the way it's connected to my experience. Um, so it sounds to me just on the surface that maybe Stephanie's connecting to another type of being, maybe another type of incarnation or a type of exploration of another. I know I, I hope I'm not jumping too quickly into this, but maybe no. another path. Uh, lives or future lives or simultaneous lives in another place and time. Mm-hmm. People are, or I'm pretty sure people who listen to this channel definitely would explore that. But um, yeah, that's what I, that, that's what comes to me when I first see it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, if you can, you, you just finished saying to me that this is real compli- very complicated to describe. But I, I would say, Jason, let's begin at the beginning with you. What on earth has been happening with you since 2015 that brings you, <laughs> yeah. that brings you here today? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's funny. I'm not the kind of person that's been doing this, uh, like a researching for like 20 years or... That's okay. Or, or I've had little beings in my room since I was 10 or anything like that. This is like a very sudden, spontaneous shift in me since 2015. Um Right around 2014, like the end, I got into um, uh, what they call the CE5 initiative, which is uh, Dr. Greer is uh, basically an ex-doctor who went into the ufology and started uh, researching this phenomena of UFOs and meditation. And uh, so I I latched onto it somehow through some sort of uh, disseminating of information online and I wanted to give it a shot uh, to see what meditation had to do with this and if this is something you can really conjure up, a, a sort of sighting experience. And uh, when I had spoken to enough people online and gone through enough channels, I validated it enough because I said, so many people can't be lying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, for the most part, an agnostic. Um, but I was still like a materialist agnostic. So I didn't really, I, it took me a while to kind of like research and figure out that there's something going on here. So I met up with a group uh, in Long Island, New York, um, and we started trying to see how this could work because most of us at the, at, you know, had very, some, some had a few experiences, but for the most part, no one's had a profound experience that I could, that I can gauge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we met up for a few months and trying the best that we can do to do meditative stuff and it didn't work. And suddenly it was just one day uh, I even remember the day. It was in June. I think it was June 13th, if I remember, of 2015. Uh, my my uh, A few days before, my friend called me up and says, hey, we're going to do a meditation and see if we can get some sightings. And then I went to the beach, and suddenly they were there. These, these orbs in the sky were there actually before we even started the meditation, which was pretty hmm. uh, amazing. Uh, and the, when I say orbs, I say like they were – it was very – clear night sky um and then you start to see like stars or what that would appear to be stars just taking off and floating away mm-hmm. so i mean it, it, pinning it down to that one moment that kind of like wowed me was when i kind of had this app on my phone that identifies stars in the sky and then i'm showing it off to a guy that i just met and i said oh look here's jupiter you know look and then, you know you see it on my phone and i turn the camera around and i look at what i thought was saturn but as soon as i held my phone up to it it just decided to take off hmm. and me and my friend open our mouths like did we just see what we thought we saw and he's like yeah i think we did and mind you nobody was ready yet to meditate 
It just happened on the spot. Yeah. Well, that brings up, uh, that opens a whole can of worms in terms of, you know, are these, if you are having some sort of contact, if we are having some sort of contact with non-human intelligence that perhaps can not only interact with you, but even anticipate what you're about to do in a very intelligent way, could that be happening? Um, well, that that's what I think it got me to think about. Because once we did the meditation afterward, then the orb started popping out of the sky every few minutes. Uh, sometimes a red orb, sometimes a yellow orb, a, you know, blue orb. It was various colors, and they were popping in and giving us flashes like, um, like the way you would imagine your camera flash would do on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just flash you, so you knew it was related to you. But then the way it came in, it started to it started to force me to ponder those questions as to like, did it know we were coming? Uh, why did I turn my head to the left and then it happened to pop on the left, not the right? Hmm. Why one person would see it and have to point it out to everyone else, but then it would happen to me right in my own eyes when it was my time. So there was a lot of weird things that were connected directly to me that made me go home and ask a lot of those questions. Wow. Stephanie, what are your thoughts on what you just heard? Uh, it's absolutely incredible. And as, and as Jason's talking, I'm thinking, I mean, it's very possible that we're, that it's so interconnected, um, you know, the, the whole connection with all of us and then different, different realms or different um, entities. I don't even know, but just the fact that it's very possible that they knew you know, that they, that he was there for them and, or that they are part, part of him or, I mean, or, you know, we create parts of our own reality who I don't even know. I mean, it just really opens up. It does open up just so much, mm-hmm. and so many layers. Well, for the record, folks, we're, there's no way we're going to try to come to a resolution as to what's happening. I think what we want to just do is acknowledge that something bigger than us is, is t- uh, taking place that, that, of which we are inextricably linked to. And I think that's, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. I want to ask both of you, you know, now, now Jason, I know that you admittedly kind of came into this, as you recall later in life through, would it be fair to say, uh, just a fascination with the whole ufology field, uh, you know, uh, or, or, or is it something else? Let me complete my thought. If that's the case, and, and I'm going to pose this to both of you, if you were to go back as, as far as you can remember, even if it's just a fuzzy recollection, was there anything in your childhood that you can recall that may have led you in this direction of what you're experiencing now? And even just from a pure curiosity standpoint or from an experiential standpoint that you can recall, either one of you can answer that. Uh, I, I would say that nothing in my past that that I was in nothing that I was interested in in the past. I mean, UFOs were all cool and everything, but nothing more than watching the History Channel for a night when you're bored. But I think that just looking back now at my history, where I came from, my parents, my friends, my family, my circumstances, it it, it forced me to look back at all of that because there was a pattern that was emerging from looking back at that. Hmm. And how and how the UFO reality merges with that is pretty strange because I think it's energetic. Would you be willing to share 
Jason, you know, you just obviously I don't want you to have to divulge things that you don't want to, but you mentioned your family and circumstances. Could is there any way you could give us a little sketch of what that was or is that may have connected? Um, it's not, nothing traumatic or anything. Just just uh, dealing with the different uh, makeups of, let's say, my mom and my dad and mm-hmm. and friends and family. And like I said, it even goes into jobs also and and marriage. I, I mean, I have one marriage uh, uh, that failed, and looking at that and. Um, having my father being a skeptic the way he is mm-hmm. having my mother being uh um maybe the slightly hyperactive mother <laughs> okay but just looking at the, the 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 actual experiences that happen you know given one year one moment you know and just kind of reflecting and seeing maybe making sense of it and seeing that maybe it happened for a reason mm-hmm. um to bring me to a point today to where I am today and I know it sounds kind of cliche because it's kind of like not pinpointing it to something grounded it's very open-ended but everything that came after was very very it starts to ground everything into a reality that starts to make sense to me now uh-huh. but it's it's something I think personally I, I know I'm going on a little tangent here but I think personally it's paradigm shifting mm-hmm. not just for me but I think for what I, the concepts that I grab from everything that I've learned from then, from 15 to now, it's enough that if it were to be true, it would have to be paradigm shifting for everyone on planet Earth. Yes. Well said. You're a dot connector, I can tell. You're, you're, you know, a very aware person. And I think, you know, there's a certain uh, recognition of patterns that some people have, uh, where they, you know, even though I think what you're talking about is just looking back in retrospect, family circumstances, personality styles of the people in your life and hardship to whatever degree. And I, I tend to be the same way where you you are at this moment, everything prior to that had to bring you there, even though it wasn't necessarily a straight arrow or a straight line. So uh, I do admire the fact that you're you're connecting you're connecting dots in that way. I, I really do. Stephanie, Thank what you. about what about you? I'm sorry, Jason, did you have something else you wanted to say? Add to that? Oh, no, no, I was just saying thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie, childhood. Uh, what, anything that may have piqued your interest interest in these subjects or any experiences that you can recall? Uh, no actual experiences. I mean, um, well, I mean, two different things. I want to. I want to say first of all, I, I was I was to, a total sci-fi nerd when I was little, and still am. And things like Star Wars and stuff got me very excited. But that was about as far as as far as experiences go. That's as far as that would go. But sort of what Jason was talking about too, just noticing the makeup of your life and how it's led to now, and knowing that I, I had a lot of loss in my life when I was younger, and then later on that sort of sort of brought me to where I am because I because of that loss and early losses I became more of a seeker so I I wanted to know more about my own makeup and and what's behind the veil and all that so that definitely has led me down this path I know it's so a part of it yeah well I see a correlation completely and that is desire can open up doors 
Mm. Not, and I don't mean just novel curiosity, because even with you, Jason, I think there was some, you know, mm, deeper than novel, certainly, but curiosity, but desire to understand the bigger picture. And I think that, again, if we're talking about some sort of a, an advanced intelligence that has the ability to perhaps know you better than you know yourself, um, they, it, that force can perhaps bring those experiences to, to, to quench that, that thirst, that desire. So that that's definitely something that I see in, in both of you. Wow. Jason, let's move to the orbs for you. And, and maybe you can, if you can, summarize. You sent me some, some great video. And if you don't mind, I'd like to also link to some of those YouTube videos where you shot some of these really um, interesting, I would say unconventional orb-like uh, patterns in the sky in Manhattan, no less, over the skyline. Um, let's talk about that. Why so many orbs, you think, in your life? Well, it's hard to explain why I see them and I can record them and nobody else sees them. I, I, I think there's a perception issue there that well, goes you, to that period. When you picture. say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, cut, I'm sorry, I cut you off. But I, cl for clarity, when you say no one else sees them, even after you record them, they don't see them or at the time well, that you're recording them? No, no, they, they can see them if I point it out to them. If somebody's around me, close to me, I can point it out and they'll see it. But the reaction is a little puzzling in the sense that people tend to dismiss it very quickly. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, people don't really want to speak to someone that they don't know on the street. So if you tap somebody, <laughs> no, it's kind of weird. So I don't expect them to suddenly, you know, uh, speak to you openly about what they're seeing. But then that's fine. But I do, I, I had a puzzling idea that why is it that such profound experiences happen right above our heads in a place like New York and it hasn't been reported, you know, like the, in, in the way that I would expect it to be. Um, so, but, but yeah, but for the most part, they, they are there in the sky. They're recordable, they're perceivable to anyone who, who's willing to take a look. Mm -hmm. It's just that people aren't taking a look. Well, that's a, another rabbit hole we could go down <laughs> because the, the, you look up. I, a lot of people aren't doing that, sadly, these days because they have their heads in you know where, their phones, etc. Um, there's a lot of things happening above our heads <laughs> that, uh, unfortunately, some nefarious that uh, people are are going unnoticed. But well, that's an interesting thing. This whole idea of you know craft sightings, and I've talked to countless people in, in the research that I've done that have commented about being in situations where, you know, I, I recall speaking with someone that was in traffic on the highway, I believe here in Massachusetts, and had a clear craft sighting. And I asked her if she noticed anyone else's reaction or acknowledgement of what she saw. And she said they acted like they didn't see anything or they weren't looking. There was, there was no reaction. So there may be something to that as well. Um, yeah. And I had, uh, just to point out, because I've had so many experiences, it's almost on a daily basis, hmm. but I had probably three really profound experiences where, where I had a UFO uh, fly very close over the buildings here after a meditation, and it happened all three times after a meditation. And I'm and I'm not talking about a light in the sky or you know high in the atmosphere. I'm talking about a solid ball in the middle of the night, usually at night, and what I could reference as like a blimp, like a, like the Goodyear blimp, but instead of being an oval, it was a circle, but it was totally solid and just flew from left to right, right above the buildings here. So things like that, when things that big 
come right over your head or right right or you know right over your awareness and to know that it's in the city like new york it's it's it definitely trips your mind you know and no one else that you were you ever in the presence of somebody else when these when you saw these things yes and did they see them yes okay so they did yeah because it was a in those conditions it was a joint meditation ah Okay, so it wasn't like that you were in the presence of, of some strangers and you point out, look, do you see that? <laughs> I see Yeah, that. no, no. I mean, I definitely turn people into believers, but it doesn't seem like, I mean, there's so many people here on New York and so many people on in the country and on the na- 7 billion people to, you know, I, I could understand why changing one person's perspective isn't going to suddenly put it on the six o'clock news, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Well, and that therein we get to the conversation, or we can, about the importance of subjective experience and how we, uh, how we value, or d- d- the, how do I want to say this? Everyone is on their own journey, <laughs> in a sense. Uh, just because we're both looking at an apple doesn't mean we're seeing the same thing, or, you know, we may have different philosophies about the apple. So I don't know that it's wrong nor right. It's just, it's valuing the, the the sacredness of uh, personal experience. So, and it sounds like you do. Yeah. Here's but I think, yeah. I, I think perception is a huge issue. I think it's probably the foundation of everything that I've come to understand. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Stephanie, what about mod- other modalities for you? Have you ever been into meditation or crystal work or some sort of energy modality? Um, well, uh, because I, I mean, I consider myself a seeker. I have, I have, Definitely done some uh, some some meditation. Although I consider my painting to be more of my meditative practice, but mm-hmm. um, you know, journaling and prayer work in the journaling, and um, also chanting. I I chanted um, some mantra chanting for years. I have sort of gotten away from that, but that is something that I have done before. Mm-hmm. I love you're obviously a creative type. Are you left-handed or right-handed? Just that it kicks. Are you right-handed? Are you really? Okay. Yeah. Well, they're 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 right-handed people that are that are creative. <laughs> yeah. But tend I know that left-handed people tend to be a little bit more in the right brain side and 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 thus more creative, but that's obviously not a hard and fast rule. Just yeah. curious. What about you, Jason? Lefty or righty? <laughs> I'm right-handed. Are you really? Okay. Yeah. Well, you're you're clearly both I I would say uh, rooted in, in the right brain, certainly. So I'm definitely, um, I, I can see the analytical side of me trying to figure things out. Mm. Where That's sometimes good. if I try to look and explore through other people, other people's messages and works, I notice that some people do go straight to the, to the, uh, the right side and just go to the intuitive side. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to understand it from that point, but also understand it from the mechanics of what the heck is going on. <laughs> Great. I think that's important. I think you do, it's, it's about the balance. You know, we often, uh, cliche as this may sound, associate so much of the right brain with the woo-woo. <laughs> and I yeah. do think it's important to to obtain a balance, to be uh, skeptical, certainly discerning, to apply logic and analysis, but also be willing to say, you know what, I just don't know, and I'm just going to let it be and, and be the explorer in, in this beautiful experience. So, 
Well, let's go from beautiful experiences. I'm going, Jason. I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth, and I again feel free to to talk with each other and weigh in on what each other is saying. But talk to me about these helicopters you've been seeing. Get, let's get back to these sightings. What's going uh, on there? So the helicopters um, is, is interesting because I know that, I mean, I, when I first started seeing some anomalous stuff with helicopters, I immediately went to shadow government type of stuff, type of thinking. And then when I asked a lot of people who were in the CE5 initiative, uh, people, even even some, a few people in Dr. Greer's uh, circle of, of uh, from his disclosure project uh, uh, initiative and his close friends, I even asked people like that about it and for the most part the idea was that there's a shadow government and they're watching us and apparently they can perceive mental frequencies and or 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 perceive ufos and there's some sort of big dark conspiracy i didn't like that something about it didn't make mechanical sense to me because when i saw the helicopters it didn't seem like a government helicopter it didn't seem like i mean they there was weird flashes of light that would happen in your direction, weird things like that. And I've heard other contactees talk about these things. And I think uh, some people even consider it, reference it to like TI experiences or it's like psychic stalking. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, I think that the, the, the information that was coming through to me as I was practicing meditation was starting to come through so fast that it, it went beyond that. It went beyond. It went into like like shifting of space and time type of direction in my thoughts, and because the helicopters like sometimes it would be a news helicopter, sometimes it would be a police helicopter, sometimes it would be something completely out of the ordinary, and it it, it didn't jive because the way they flew or the way they came in, it just seemed to be almost as if reality wasn't what I thought it was. It seems like intention mm-hmm. had a lot to do with, like applied intention seems to create implied circumstances. Yeah, I, I'm following I you. And it's it's very, so in other words, you were, you were seeing manifested synchronicity, actually, because what you're saying is that the, the if I understand you correctly, the helicopters weren't necessarily otherworldly, but the timing of when they showed up. Was, it was exactly. There are times that I would have an intuition to look up at a helicopter how, that happened to be just above my head when I was thinking a certain way. And when I looked to the left, there was a UFO. Huh. Like, like that. So a helicopter was needed to shunt me to see the UFO or like something. Sometimes that would happen with a balloon. Uh, sometimes it, it would happen with something else. Sometimes a, a, a synchronistic event would happen on the ground that would cause me to shift suddenly into a different area. And that's when I had to even explore the idea of what was happening on the ground. Because obviously it's not dark government causing a car accident or causing a, a, a synchronistic events that would, that would take your attention in that direction. There were re- weird things that started happening to me on a daily basis that the helicopter stuff kind of gravitated into everything. Interesting. It's um, I'm, I'm thinking the word that's coming to mind, guys, is uh, archetype. That the helicopter is sort of a personal archetype for you, or trigger, mental trigger, psychic trigger, even that. Uh, <laughs> again, very complex to 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 break down mechanistically, but again, and, I, and God, one thing I just wanted to throw in there. I'm sorry yeah, to cut you off, no, but I just want to throw it in there before I forget it. Is that like I did a meditation one time. 
uh, looking out over Manhattan, and it triggered four fighter jets in formation to fly across the city. Um, hmm. And I didn't know what to make of that. And I took a picture, but it was at a distance because I had to fumble through through stuff to, just to get my camera on to get it fast enough. Mm -hmm. um, and th th it wasn't on the news. But then two days later, the same thing happened again where two fighter jets went across the city. And that made the news mm -hmm. in September of 2015, um, even though the news said that it was about something else, which it said it was in New Jersey, which was not. It was in New York and Manhattan. And it circled the Empire State Building. Hmm. But I was looking at this phenomenon of fighter jets over New York City flying low, and for the most part, it seemed to me, according to the news and the history, if things like that happen, for the most part, people get nervous and people want answers, and people contact the news, and the news contacts the military, and there's always an answer being put out somewhere. Right. So the fact that I had no answers to these to these things was a little, that's, it goes in line with the helicopter phenomenon as well. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. No, there's definitely some significance to the helicopter for you. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, why don't you weigh in? I hear that. Well, that's what I, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like there was just some sort of symbolism going on mm -hmm. for him specifically. And, and he talks about, you know, applied intention and just, it just, it's dimensional and energetic and it's very personal. And that's, that's all I keep thinking. It's it's got to be, it's symbolic. Yeah, agreed. Sort of like I said, a personal archetype for 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 Jason. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're talking about synchronicity among many other things. Stephanie, what about you and synchronicity? I I just can't. As I was looking at your paintings, really, I think you sent me the first set. Gosh, maybe close to a month ago at this point. Shortly after we we did the show, and I put the call out for experiencers to speak, and. What has occurred to me, and tell, correct me if I'm wrong, is that in producing such profound work that clearly you, you've got some kind of insight into some other environment that you're bringing through, what about synchronistic experiences for you? It, it would seem to me that that too would go hand in hand, not, maybe away from the canvas. I mean, just in your life. What about that and intuition? Well, I, well, as I, the more I do this sort of work and work in the space of the heart, my intuition does definitely um, blossom. And in fact, that's what led me to contact you. Mm -hmm. Because unlike Jason, my experiences are all internal. And so I, they don't manifest outside of me so much. Um, so I've always, I've sort of dismissed things. And um, but the more I hear people talk and the more, the more this, that I do this, then I follow this thread and the, the longer I follow the thread, the more things I uncover. Um, and I like, um, listening to other people's experiences and just knowing that what is happening is, is my, is my own experience, but also it's just, uh, it's a it's a small piece of a much bigger thing. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. To to both of you, would you would it be fair to say and thank you for that, Stephanie. Well well said. Would it be fair to say that in from your perspective what are you there? Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. cut out for a moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we we still got you. We're hanging on tight with Skype. Skype's <laughs> your friend today. <laughs> um, but with 
we have the audience that's listening and I dare say that there there will be those listening that will perhaps have their own aha moment or feel a little bit more comfortable in their, the fact that they've been having experiences. From my perspective, guys, there's something going on in terms of the scope of reality uh, expanding for many people. What do you think in terms of where we are now? And again, we're in a time uh, you know, we, we still sort of abide by a linear model of past, present, and future. Uh, one could argue that all time is simultaneous. But nonetheless, in this physical time that we're experiencing, is there something going on, do you think, with people and their experiences ex- uh, expanding? Uh, I'll, I'll weigh in on that because I, I mean, I definitely believe there's something. Um, it, obviously, it's happening personally with me, but just, um, I, 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 I have a small painting studio here and we all do process painting together. And even the round table discussions that we have afterwards, um, it's, it's incredible. Now we don't, we don't talk necessarily about ETs or, or even labeling, but we, there's just this, there seems to be this expansiveness and this awareness and, and that a veil is being lifted and we are seeing things for what it really is. And, and that, you know, that happens in, on all spectrums. It's not just the inside of what we're, you know, uncovering as we paint, but also what's happening outside, you know, from the presidency and what, you know, just the everything that's being sort of um, revealed to us. So I, I definitely, I definitely feel like there's something going on. Okay. And the people that you're you're sort of sharing these insights, whether these people that you've process painted with for years that that uh, are, you know, you can put sort of a line of demarcation of, wow, something's different now versus before. So, I mean, are these people that you've known for quite some time? Um, Some of them are and some of them um, not maybe a year, but it's it's just a different quality of conversation that's happening. And also, I feel like a different sort of desire and hunger that people are, are wanting mm-hmm. and have. Yeah. Interesting. I agree. I agree from my perspective as well. I, I, I feel that uh, fervently. What about you, Jason? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with her wholeheartedly, I think. But I'm scientific-minded. Um, and so when this started happening to me, I really thought that I had to change my perspective of even what science was telling me because mm-hmm. I think that the observer, me, is, is I'm having my own experience and it's validated in a lot of theoretical realms of science but I think that even though the world looks a certain way and there is shifts going on in the world itself like like, like uh, Steph was talking about the presidency and our political system and everything but I think that it still comes down to the observer creating reality mm-hmm. for himself or herself. And I think there's a, 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 a perspective for the individual, but I also think there's a perspective for the collective. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my, my, my thoughts come through in a form of kind of channeling mm-hmm. because thoughts come in like Steph does, where she has channeling thoughts that bring her inspiration to draw these paintings I get inspiration to understand things that I have no idea why I'm even trying to understand (laughs) wow isn't that great though isn't that such a spontaneity right yeah there's no benefit at all it's just raw desire for knowledge yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's I think that's just an amazing 
thing to, to be grateful for, frankly. I think there's some of us that just tend to have a, a proclivity in that in that area. You, you, both of you are clearly that. So I'm just thrilled with, with both of you. Uh, oh, gosh, where do we go from here? I, I want to, Jason, I, we got to talk about your PK experiment um, that maybe you could kind of highlight for people or maybe maybe I will I, I had a chance to take a look at the the cloud de dematerialization is what I'm going to call it and I'm going to have you uh, explain it a little bit and then I want to get into something that Stephanie I know you know this name Mary Rodwell a dear friend mm -hmm. and colleague of mine um, that will put your experience Jason your PK experiment into context so Jason why don't you tell the audience, if you would, briefly, what you did. And I'm also going to link a, a video so people can see it for themselves. Okay, so it's it, it was something, it was like these these coincidences that at, later on you start to realize that they're actually really synchronistic. But we were, the night that we had the orb sightings um, in June of 2015, uh, one of the people in the group says, oh, we're so lucky to have such a clear sky exactly where we're looking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the reason he said that is because a big giant storm of clouds, not a storm, but just a lot of clouds were coming in, but they seemed to be breaking apart exactly at the moment, at the place where we were looking. So we were looking at the Big Dipper and right at the Big Dipper, it seems like they were totally just breaking apart. But around the Big Dipper, it was solid. So mm. I dismissed that experience completely at the time. I just said, okay, well, you know, we got lucky. Or maybe the ETs are doing this. Mm. But then when I took the experience home with me and I started trying to replicate the same experience, that's when I started to notice the phenomena where the sky was actually changing with intention. And that started to open the door to answer a lot of questions for me as to how meditation works and why the UFOs are even happening with that distance. So when I, I started doing videos to make sure I document it and picking clouds in the sky and making them de dematerialize with my own intention and my own breath work. You have so, an amazing video. I, I, I may have looked at two. No, I think it was just the one where there were, it was a clear blue sky. And now let's, let's face it, folks, I, you, we haven't talked about the geoengineering thing, but I'm sure the two of you are familiar with that phenomenon, that man-made phenomenon. And uh, mm -hmm. I've covered it uh, a bit on my show, but I, I want to say for the record, and we'll link the video, I don't think these were man-made clouds. I don't think these were uh, trails, but rather uh, little puffy clouds, you know, that, that appeared to be natural. But I was quite impressed and I, I hung in there and watched the whole thing. Not too long. But you did, there were two separate clouds that came in at uh, different times, and you, in essence, did an intention experiment of dissipating the cloud. And, it, you know, you could always argue that it was coincidence, but I, I think it's worth a, a little discussion here about um, our ability to affect the environment. Um, and this is where I want to bring, uh, and I'm saying, I'm pointing out Stephanie, because I know you're, you're a fan of Mary Rodwell's work. And perhaps you recall, she has talked about, uh, obviously, these new children uh, or new humans coming in, uh, of which I agree there's some phenomenon of a different type of human that's coming, gracing this planet. And one of the abilities that she has talked about of these, particularly children, are their ability to communicate with the elements. And in some, in even many cases, change the structure 
of water. And uh, well, of course, uh, natural clouds are uh, the condensation <clears throat> uh, and other things. But that is a feature, as she has uh, mentioned in her work of a lot of these new humans, that there is the ability to interact with weather and, and in fact, change weather patterns. And of course, many indigenous cultures were known, particularly the Native Americans, of doing rain dances. So I don't know that this is completely foreign to people, but I found, uh, Jason, your experiment to be incredible. Um, and I definitely want everyone to see that. Have you well, done, to, go ahead, I'm sorry, please. To, to, to just go a step further, which as if that wasn't, for me, that was incredible enough. But to go a step further, I woke up one morning with an intuition, and this happens a lot. I get intuitions that are very bizarre because they start to become really synchronistic, where I thought that I can, you know, uh, alter weather patterns without looking at the sky. And mm -hmm. then I got this idea to download an app that shows you uh, weather patterns from around the world in different webcams. And when I did that experiment online, I found that I was able to do the same experiment even if I was here and looking at the webcam in, let's say, Florida or mm -hmm. California. This, this happened at a distance. This wasn't even happening like just with me looking at the cloud. Right. And that blew my mind even more because now you're talking about sort of like, I, I guess, quantum entanglement, if you want to put a name on it. Well, non-locality would actually be, uh, and yes, quantum entanglement as well. That's involved in all of it. But the non-local phenomenon of having the ability to affect matter at a distance. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, wow. so that too came into my awareness. How it came in, I have no idea. I woke up one morning with the idea, but... Yeah, to, and the implications of that is, to me, is like staggering. Like, I don't even know if that's something that <laughs> that should be classified, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's just amazing to me that you could even do that. But I've done it. I've repeated it. I've done it over and over again. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? I'm going to, I've actually, I've tried some, I have tried a couple of experiments like that, particularly because I'm a, I'm a sun lover. And these days, as many of us know, we're, we're seeing less and less of the sun. And I've done little, I, I will admit, I've done little sort of chants that I've made up, little rhymes and little things to, to in, intend the weather to shift. And I have on a couple of occasions been successful. So I think the, the capability is there. Well, listen, we're winding down. We've got about not even 15 minutes left, a little bit less. And uh, there's still so much I wanna, wanted to cover. But Stephanie, let's move over to you. And, and let's keep on the Mary Rodwell. <laughs> Hopefully Mary's ears are burning. And I'm hoping to have her back on the show soon. What drew you to her work? It, you know, it's so funny because I'm not even sure. It's one of those things like when you do follow intuition and you follow that thread, sometimes it's almost things that you're led to, you almost don't even know why. I mean, I can guess that it's probably, um, as I go further down, I like to call it the rabbit hole of just, oh, who who am I? What is this? What is all this that's happening um, in in my in paintings and creativity, just in thoughts that I that I might have or feelings. And I stumbled across a talk that she gave on YouTube, and this has been a few years ago. But it just blew my mind about the children that are that are coming into this world now, and and it's and it correlates quite well with what I, as I continue to create and paint, I just know that we are so much 
more powerful than we can imagine. And we all have our own brand of, of magic that I feel it has been sort of, um, we've, it's been taken, it's been, we have so much stuff like on top of everything else, like what we know, what we possibly came into the world with, but then it's been, it's been taught out of us, learned out of, I don't know, it's by all the different systems. I feel like these are, are parts, uh, we have the same parts in us and I'm not really expressing that well, but I, I just felt connected and, and I felt a sense of, ah, okay, good. This is good. This needs to happen. We need more and more of these children on the earth. And, and we all need to, if at all possible, uncover that part of us too. And, um, yeah, so it, it just, and the, then from that one YouTube video, I just kept watching more and um, reading her book and her newest book. And so it's, she's, it's amazing what yeah. she's bringing. She's, she's brought and is bringing quite the contribution to, to all of us with her revelations of who she's interacting with. That, and by the way, you were very articulate in, in saying that. That's, that was well said. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, well, one thing I'd like yes. one thing I'd like to add, and I don't know this this may be a little difficult to comprehend, but I don't I mean I, this connection that we have in the world to each other, I think it's so it's complex, but I think the problem is is that we live in a society that's a little that's a little difficult for a lot of people to be able to even express a lot of these ideas because I think the connection is so profound with each other that even in this society, even I think for a lot of people talking about that connection infringes on the flow itself. That's interesting. Wow. Yes. And I think because we live in a society that's kind of like a, what we perceive as like a doggy dog world. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people who do experience this connection, a lot of times don't even explain what the connection is because by explaining it, you're interfering with what the connection can bring. Mm. That is very deep and complex, and I think I, I can tell from Stephanie's affirmative <laughs> nod, <laughs> uh, she gets it, and I think I do too. I, I mean, th- there are a couple of ways you could slice this one. And why did you bring this up at the end of the conversation, Jason? <laughs> this is something we could we should have started out with. Oh my goodness! What I hear you saying, among other things, I, I think there are a few things embedded in that, is that there is a recognition on the part of probably all people although not consciously, that we are connected. And that connection is so profound. It's just like getting a telepathic download and, and the, a person asks you to tell them what you were downloaded. There are no words. It's nonverbal. Um, and of course, we're a verbal society. And so first, right off the bat, you've got an issue there. There's a connect. You know, when I was when I was younger, I used to and this is before I got into a conscious pursuit of these subjects and these ideas. I always felt instinctively that people could read other people. And I used to say to my friends, you know, people can read you like a dog can read whether you're afraid of them or not. What I was saying is we're intuitive. We know instinctively we know we're connected. And yet we live in a society that makes sure that the acknowledgement of that is atrophied or the um, well, the, yeah, the acknowledgement of that is 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 stays dormant. Um, mm. Then, of course, there's the ego angle, the ego angle of, you know, being afraid to show who you really are and to acknowledge that more 
really that more powerful side. So I don't know if I, I regurgitated that exactly like you did, Jason, but you're but you're right. I absolutely agree with you that there's the, the, the we all know we're connected, but we live in a society that does not want to openly acknowledge the connection in the way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that you're right. I think the ego, I mean, you know, not the street term of the word ego, but the the, the, the more spiritual sense of ego, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's trying to solidify in the fact that each of us have our own experience and it must be me and I'm in control of my own world and my own experience. And mm. I think that we as a society still don't want to let go of that to be in like an immersive society or like what Michu Kaku, I've heard him talk, the scientist, talk about like a type one civilization. And I think that's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. As long as we dissolve the ego to the degree, not that the ego is bad, but to dissolve it to the degree that we allow this to happen. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I think I know where you're going there. There's some steps to take. Um, we could get into the individual versus the collective and the merits and demerits of both sides. <laughs> so, but maybe we'll save that for another time or maybe an offline discussion. But listen. <laughs> In closing, I, and again, I'm just—I know our cameras are turned off, so you you can't see me grinning from ear to ear. You both have just been an absolute joy to have, and I'm proud to have you as as uh, audience members of Higher Journeys. It's just—I'm uh, tickled, and I, I want to stay in touch with both of you, and I hope you stay in touch with each other as well. Make sure to get get all the contact information to to everyone. But uh, in parting thoughts, um, Stephanie. Anything you'd like to to leave with with our audience? Um, just if you have an inkling that this that that if any of this resonates with you, just to just keep keep at it and keep unpacking. We talked about the individual and the the group, and you know, um, finding that true that true part of ourselves. It takes a little bit of unpacking, but it's so worth it because then that's when the real magic starts to happen. And mm. yeah. Beautiful. Oh, beautifully said. And Jason, what would you yeah, like to say? Yeah, I would probably say the same thing, maybe with different words, but the same exact thing. Follow your intuition. Follow your guidance. Uh, take note. I would tell everyone that what would help me a lot is take note of your internal energy, not your mindset, but your mm-hmm. internal energy, because I think that the internal energy can actually shift perception of the mind. Oh. Mm. You guys are just on it. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, this is great. Well, listen, what can I say? Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for answering the call. And listen, I know there were other folks that uh, reached out to me and uh, uh, wanted to to, uh, describe their experiences. And I, I, I bet for everyone that reached out to me, we've got some, a spectrum a spectrum of experience, personal experience, but leads to leading to a fundamental reality. A, that we are much more than we think we are. And B, I think we're being ushered into a reality um, that's going to be a million times more exciting than what we're <laughs> experiencing mm-hmm. right now. It, and it's, it's a great thing to see. With all the ills of the world, there are equally, if not more, exciting things uh, before us. And so, I again, thank you so much, Stephanie from Kansas City, Missouri, and Jason from New York City mm-hmm. for sharing with all of us. So, again, uh, let's stay in touch. And... Um, and you, for you out there in the Higher Journeys audience, stay in touch with me, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks <laughs> Thank as you always. Thank it's you. been fun. Take care now. This is about, as Stephanie said, noticing the makeup of your life 
and how it leads to now. Both Jason and Stephanie agree that this was a major ingredient in opening up to their unique encounters. Whether through painting or persistent synchronistic experiences, meditation or focused intent, when we consciously apply these innate tools, the boundaries between this world and all others begin to blur, and that's when the magic begins. I want to once again thank Stephanie and Jason for their willingness to come forward and share their experiences, and to all of you who reach out to Higher Journeys every day to tell your stories. You are greatly appreciated. Let's continue to share our journeys with one another and grow the magic that exists within and between us all. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Higher Journeys Radio. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.